Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 27 of Work Life 360. Today we're going to be talking about the best and worst case scenarios around uncertain times. Uh, But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for continuing to join us every single week as Ron and I deliver great, actionable content every Wednesday. Again, today is all about best case, worst case scenarios, and really just what we can actually control. Uh, Rhonda, how are you? I'm so excited, Bruce, to connect with you uh, yes. today. It's been, uh, as you know, a little crazy around here uh, at Global Trans as we're making some transitions and welcoming the changes with open arms and really kind of fits in perfectly with what we're going to talk about, kind of that mindset of best case, worst case scenario, and really put into perspective what things are within our control and what things aren't and how to pay attention to how we're feeling um, as we go through the different transitions. But just had a birthday, so excited to connect with you again today and beforehand share some of the fun conversations my husband and I had Um, as he's making some transitions this year to just live a more mindful, healthy lifestyle. Um, Because when one person is in a situation that's really not so healthy, it kind of puts a damper on the home environment. So during our birthday outing and celebrating over dinner, he received a phone call from a recruiter. So I'm like, oh, yes, Best case, worst case. Here we go. <laughs> right, you know, and and so happy belated 26th birthday. Yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> going on 27. That's great. Um, <laughs> but no, so and, and this is kind of a fun topic to talk about. Just we use best case, worst case scenario in a lot of decisions that we make. So, for example, your husband having to judge or not judge, but uh, decide. You know, okay. Best case scenario is, and I don't want to let too much out of the bag, but I, I get a new job and I may, I'm happier, I make more money, or I don't make more money, but I'm still happier and I don't have to deal with the stress anymore. Worst case scenario is I still work for this same person and dread going to work every day. Exactly. Um, and and I can tell you in my world, I've got two kids uh, getting ready to go back to school and and one of the big hot topics around here is is the whole are kids going to be required to wear masks when they go back to school and there's the states are getting involved and and my kids go to uh, a catholic school so we get some uh i don't want to say special grievances because we don't take stack uh, taxpayer dollars but we, we kind of have our own body that decides that unless the state comes out with a statewide mandate um and then which we we would the kids would have to abide by it but uh, i'm hearing all over the country you know parents are upset if their kids have to wear masks because they don't have to wear masks or you know i've even heard today on the news that there were some schools saying that 
they were going to offer uh, vaccines to students mm. at at no cost, while be it uh, it was voluntary, but you know very well that they would take note of the kids that weren't vaccinated, and you know I you just don't want to go down that road. Um, somebody's health choices is just that their health choice um you know and i don't know if this is the time or the place but i was watching you know funny funny video and somebody said oh are you vaccinated and she the girl replies back oh i'm sorry uh do you have an std and she's like why would you ask such a personal question well i don't know i thought we were sharing each other's personal <laughs> medical history um so there's a time and a place mm. for that right um but uh that is something that's going through that we're dealing with is you know are, are our kids gonna have to wear masks again best cases they're not and the the school act appropriately when uh when and if an outbreak occurs uh worst cases is they're going to be having to wear a mask every day and uncomfortable and um so that's that's what we're dealing with mm to mask or not to mask. Right. I think initially we were all on board and listening to CDC guidelines and respecting them. And then obviously politics in the middle of election and it really started to create some boundaries for folks in terms of their ability to make decisions for their family that was best for them, I mean, just like with any vaccination requirements, not everyone is on board with that. And where are their rights to each his own? It's hard to, mm -hmm. if we're not in someone else's shoes, you know, we sometimes can get caught up in making these assumptions about who should and who shouldn't, but we don't know someone else's medical history and their right to their privacy to make those medical decisions for themselves and their family. And that's not to take anything away from those populations that are most vulnerable, kind of tailoring the message to them. And I think quite often best case, worst case scenario is sometimes we don't get to the heart of the matter of what are some other things that we can do within our control that down the line, if we're making healthy, informed, decisions about what to do to protect our immune system so that we're not in the situation again. I don't hear a lot of conversations about that. It's all about masking really the problem, which is kind of our lifestyle and how mm -hmm. stress is running our day to day. I don't hear anybody talking about that. I don't hear conversations about preventative care. Like how can we be a healthier society globally so that we don't find ourselves in this situation again like every so many years here we are again like what is the next thing yeah. so the best case scenario is what are the little changes we can do in our day to day so that we can reduce some of the health outcomes of long-term health habits so for instance we had talked offline about processed foods in detail. Like, I don't think we have conversations about what we eat every single day and our gut health and how that plays a role in our immune system functioning and our anxiety levels. 
And here we go again. We're hearing that we may be required to wear masks again, and we have to show documentation and all the mental issues with one another or how best to have a conversation without such divide because we're, naturally we're going to put our defenses up um, yep. and that causes lots of tension and stress. Yep. And, you know, as this relates even to uh, to sales, okay, um, there's a closing technique. It's the uh, Benjamin Franklin T-bar close where you draw a T-bar and on the left side is pros and on the right side is cons uh you know to make a best case worst case scenario decision sometimes it it does need to go that far where you write it out okay Mm. maybe you're you're looking to buy a new car right what are the pros of buying a new car well it's more reliable it gets better gas mileage insurance is cheaper or not depends on what car you get um it's safer more dependable Cons are you can have another payment, you know, uh, new upkeep, um, and it, whatever other cons there are. Um, it's going to limit you as to what you can buy other things on. So, uh, best best case, worst case scenario, and in a sense of drawing it out, taking some time, and, and actually putting some thought behind it, putting some intention behind it. Um, I think that's one technique that is overlooked quite often. You know, we do it in our heads, you know, while we're making a decision, um, but we don't spend time actually writing it out. And, you know, I was talking to a gentleman earlier today and, um, you know, come to find out that I, and Rhonda, you might have to fact check me on this one, but uh, when you write something down, you are 50% likely, more likely to carry through with that statement that question that whatever that whatever you wrote down um to act on it you're you're more apt to act on something that you actually write down on paper versus just keeping it in your head yeah that sounds about right and also sharing it and having some skin in the game too Mm. yeah (laughs) those are really important and as we talked about before like what is the deeper meaning for whatever you're writing down, looking at your pros and cons and really connecting on an emotional level. So as you're saying that, I'm visualizing, say something like our work life and putting down our daily activities. How many hours are we spending, for instance, at work? I would say most of us are working more than eight hours. Yeah. During that time frame. Say you're working, what would you say the average is, Bruce, for brokers or people in our industry? How many hours? Uh, at least 12 hours. It, and that's if you're serious about it. Other mm-hmm. people that work less, of course. Um, How many days a been, week? Sorry. Uh, probably 10 hours during the week, 10 to 12 a week, and then on the on the weekends, four to five. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's people taking it serious. That's people that have a book of business. Um, there are people out there that do work a lot less, um, you know, but they're they're in different situations. We'll just mm-hmm. say that. So when I see that in my profession, I've also fall into this category. Putting in those hours, what are the pros of that? Okay, so you grow your book of business, 
you're creating some more relationships, you're showing your dedication to your job, you're producing, mm -hmm. you're providing an income for your family. Yep. And then Establish, what are the, Hopefully you're establishing, establish, establishing a stronger relationship with your customers by handling freight after hours. Mm -hmm. um, you're handling issues before they get out of hand, before they wait. You know, there's some issues that you can't wait until the next mm -hmm. day. Um, so you're being proactive and kind of heading off some some situations. Um, then there's some situations you just can't help, and it is what it is, and you just gotta accept it and move on. But we all know that you know you've got a truck that just got in an accident and there's a claim gonna be filed and there's nothing that you can do physically as a broker to do anything to help that situation other than let the police and the claims adjusters and all these other people do what they need to do. But your mind 1000% is on that load all day hmm. you, and, and all night. You know, I, I remember I had a situation where uh, I had a truckload that caught on fire it happened around 11 o'clock at night, and it was on the West Virginia Turnpike, and I got the phone call, and I didn't go back to sleep the rest of the night, just because I was thinking like, oh my gosh, how do I get ahead of this? You know, and it, it was a real situation. Luckily, nobody was hurt. The product was, the whole trailer was destroyed, you know, but everything, everything worked out fine. But me, individually, I was up all night stressed out and worrying about this load, and what it was going to do to the long-term relationship of my customer, how how else could I get ahead of this, you know, mm. running best case, again, more best case, worst case scenarios, you know, did we dispatch the driver correctly? Uh, did we make sure that we, you know, that he did his pre-check? Uh, did we load too much product on his truck? You know, second guessing a lot of things. And then, you know, best case is this was just a freak of nature. Um, and that's kind of, that's how, what it turned out to be. Uh, the driver literally got new tires on his truck that afternoon and there was rubbing on the two tires on the trailer and that is what caused the fire um, was the tires rubbing together but um, again you go back to how many hours does a broker work it, it could vary all across the board um, so that's kind of the best case <laughs> or worst case I guess so I'm envisioning this that one incident that you described and I'm imagining these fires that are continuous within our industry and then looking at the cons of constantly being in this position without having any boundaries or having contingency plans so that you can check out. So the cons of performing to this type of high level professional stress level on our long-term health we see what's happening. The signs are there. Yeah. I remember when I first came on board at Global Trans and started looking at the health risk factors and the data, the analysis from the clinic and from other industries that require this type of working environment. And I understand, I understand the whys, but it seems counterproductive to me we are the most unhealthy that we've ever been mm -hmm. and the long-term consequences of working this way 
with all of the pros, well, how about we look at the cons? Because now we've been in this technology-driven world, this computer age, and we have completely changed the way we live. We are less connected with nature. Mm -hmm. We are less connected with our neighbors. Like when's the last time anybody brought a pie over to someone's house or checked in to ask if you needed eggs or like that everyday social interaction outside of work. Um, I know myself, I get caught in the, I don't have time for anybody else mindset. Like if I see my neighbor, I like duck back in the house because I have my to-do list. I'm very guilty and aware that I do that. And that was not the way I was raised. We went out and we worked in the garden and after school, my parents had their job so many hours. And then you were together as a family. You created a meal together. Very rarely did we eat fast food. It was only after a dentist appointment. It was a treat. We went to dinner a couple times a year. We were very in tune with sitting down at the table, no phone calls, no work, family time, make our meals together, have that social interaction. How was your day? Checking on each other, not looking at our phones and really taking time to assess our family health, our emotional health, our physical health, because we were more busy. I know for me personally, when I first took a job as a director of fitness and wellness at Philadelphia University, I would sit 12, 13 hours a day and not get up would put off some of those healthy behaviors like moving throughout the day or taking time to prepare my meals when I got home. Like, and I fell into that habit of ordering food. And we know that these behaviors that we unconsciously are participating in are impacting our health and well-being. And now we are in a position where mother nature is sending us signals to change little things, little things in our day to day, so that then when the next COVID, whatever that is, our immune system, our mental health, our society as a whole can better handle it and not deal with the stress that we've all are so burnt out with. And now they're talking about mask mm -hmm. mandates again. And people, I see it, they're up in arms. So I wish that those responsible did a better job talking about prioritizing our health and well-being because the mask in my vision is just, it's a band-aid to a bigger issue. I wish that we would spend more time talking about enjoying life and slowing down a little bit and having in place in our work culture I just had this conversation with someone the other day. She was out for a week and I was like, how was your time off? She's like, I couldn't disconnect. You know, I was like, it's important to you to communicate to your team what you need because if we just assume, particularly those of us who are in a salary position, we assume that we have to answer all those calls. How about if we communicate with one another and say, hey, I have your back while you're out. You know, unless it's a dire emergency, I got that. And establishing those relationships beforehand where you can trust one another, where we hold each other's hands, I think that's a better way to go about managing all the responsibilities that we have for our long-term health. And obviously, you know, I'm from the belief of when we take care of our health, it just leads to success in all aspects of our life. And I just really wish, and I get frustrated sometimes that leadership does not lead from the top down. And I understand, you know, there's the importance of 
capitalism, I get it. But I think having a more mixture of, as you talked about last week, Bruce, the different types of leadership styles, personality styles, having mm-hmm. that within an organization and communicating that to the team can help with the hours that we're putting in day to day and understanding that we can't continue this way long term. Like somewhere in there, we have prioritized time for our employees' health and well-being. Anyway, that's my little spiel there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's great. And I think there's a lot of good points there. Um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And we hear that phrase a lot. Um, so when you're talking about somebody that's spending all their time and, and working ungodly hours, I mean, eventually that's going to cause them to become, you know, wore out frustrated you know that's in all transparency that's what got me out of the industry was you know I was burnt out and working that amount of hours non-stop at a high level for so long um, you know I, I saw my kids growing up and I wasn't spending nowhere near the quality of time that I wanted to be spending with them uh, and that wasn't a th- that's not a bash on the industry that's not a bash on you know my previous employer that was that's that was me and how I'm wired. Uh, there were no expectations set on myself, but I, I had to take a step back and say, okay, is it is it the company putting these pressures on me or is it myself? And it was myself. And the only way I could get myself out of that situation is to make a best case, worst case scenario. And it was better if I, you know, changed careers into somewhere that, you know, wasn't as demanding. You know, I think we talked earlier couple episodes ago about you know I've got that you know all or nothing mentality and my wife hates it Mm -hmm. um you know because she's I go from zero to a thousand but then if it's not going to work I don't do anything at all right so um I just like hey it's just not worth it we just won't do that uh so I have a, a tendency to push the needle all the time um and she's always telling me Bruce that's your all or nothing talking and I'm like oh shoot you're right like hmm there is ground in the middle um there is there's always ground in the middle to to find a a healthy pace um so yeah that's uh there's a lot of good takeaways there Rhonda and I I think that if people were to spend more time just like you mentioned outside um you know I'm a big outdoorsman hunt fish you know my kids are gonna grow up you know not with, you know, iPads and computers in front of them the whole time, but they do have iPads, but we we definitely limit the amount of screen time, but playing outside, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, we live in a subdivision and the amount of kids that are outside is almost non-existent. You know, you see kids riding around on bikes and it's, it's almost that thought comes in your mind is like, huh, what are they doing out there? You know, and when I was a kid, I was to to be grounded was to be I can't go I can't go outside. Uh, now parents are grounding their kids by making them go outside. Um, uh. Like I, so, and, and if you look at if you look at children, I mean, probably the ages ten and below. Um, and this doesn't have much to do with best case worst case but if you look at children 10 and under they still have that just pure uh 
curiosity of the world. Um, nothing, you know, most kids don't have a lot of fear. They, they enjoy just being around people. They don't judge people. They don't have labels on people. They don't have stereotypes. They don't have any of this prejudgment. And they're just happy. Um, you know, and I think it's through society that God labels these days. It, it, it's crazy. Um, it people want to be called this, and they identify as that, and you're vaccinated, unvaccinated. It, there's so many labels in society right now. Like, what's whatever happened to just being a human, like mm-hmm. being a person, being a a contributing member of society um you know now there's um pronouns and there's you're this it it just it's it's getting it's getting very muddy Mm. um you know and i i'm catholic and and i love what pope francis said a couple years back was who am i to judge right who am i to to say what you can and can't do um I'll be honest, I don't care what you do. I really don't. Like, what you do on your free time is totally up to you. What you want to identify is, it's up to you. But don't don't put it on me to conform to you. And that might be going a little deep, and that might Mm -hmm. get a little dark, but I'm just speaking from the heart now. Like, I never, I I have friends that are gay. I have friends that don't like gays. I, I have friends that, you know, want to identify something and I just tell them like hey I, I just don't care like I'm going to call you Jim if their name was Jim I'm going to call you Jim sorry that's that's the way I was raised and I, I know I hate to be the old man sitting on a soapbox but um, I just there's so many labels and you look at the little kids out there and they they're they're full of joy and I think there's a lot to be learned from children um, and I, I mean honestly I, I did a lot of work with people with disabilities you know in, in college and my early adulthood and like those are some of the most happy people in the world you know they they live very simple lives they're happy they they don't judge each other everybody's a human to them um, and there's a lot to be learned there. Yeah, it's kind of that live and let live philosophy. Lead with kindness. Yeah. And I think 100%. If, if we, if you look at the pros and cons to that, I can't think of very many cons. Mm-hmm. But the benefits of the pros, it's just a beautiful way of living. And hopefully we're getting that message and we see that right we see signs of people um, sharing acts of kindness and just sharing their stories and doing it in a way that they allow space for people of different opinions Mm -hmm. to just be curious and to just ask questions and you know we often hear the phrase don't judge a book by their cover like really taking time to get a know a person as they are 
and just sit listening to their stories without judging creates a kind of openness where we allow ourselves to feel that those feelings of live and let live without having to necessarily change our value system there's you know to each his own as long as we're being kind compassionate humans and not um, putting labels like you mentioned on one another and judging one another you know you go ahead you know I, I just you watch the show um oh what's it called the one in alaska where oh, they alone? Live real, really alone? remotely is it alone yeah there's, there's two there's alone and then there's uh, naked and afraid <laughs> so alone yeah naked yeah. and afraid i i think that's really weird yeah yeah <laughs> um but you watch alone and and so these people want to live all by themselves they're they they want to be resourceful off of the land they want to and, and you listen to their stories and if you really pay attention a lot of these people that are moving out into the remote most remote areas of the, of the United States they want to get away from all of this mm. and they're much happier right they're i would almost say that a lot of them are a lot healthier because they're living they're eating foods that are um like we you know Ron and I you, you and I talked about this before but plant based organic they don't have all the additives and sugars and preservatives but like these people are happier and and i know the theme is best case worst case but i just thought of that as i mean you don't see people labeling those as those people as like excommunicators or uh there's no label to them because they just want to be happy and free um now granted that's a very very difficult lifestyle one to which I would love to say that I could do, and I just don't. I I don't think I have the uh, knowledge or the honestly the the mental toughness to do that uh, because that's a very tough living, and you know I there's there's a lot of aloneness time. That's why it's called alone, but. Um, and just people leaving big cities to go out in the rural country to live because they're tired of just the the struggle, right? The the ongoing mandates and the ongoing this and that and um, there's another way. Hmm. It's interesting because there's a lot of quantifiable evidence that just being out in nature is really important to lower our risks of depression, anxiety, and just as a more healthy way of living. And you know, we lived in a more urbanized world and people are getting stressed out. And if you listen to these folks' stories that come on the show alone, which I encourage anybody to watch, they're leaving the hustle and bustle of everyday life because they're stressed out. Mm -hmm. They're trying to create a new mental space in their head where they can think and contemplate about the priorities in their life and share gratitude and thankfulness while they're reflecting on those things that they most value in their life. And it's interesting after they've spent even just as much long as a week 
most of them, you hear them when they go back to their regular everyday life, they quit their jobs. Yeah. They quit their jobs and they've found careers in different professions they never dreamed of that are more in tune with being in a natural setting where you're getting natural light and you're not connected so much to technology and living more hopefully off the land and they're when they go home they're doing little things if they live in the city and creating gardens and putting plants in their homes and teaching their kids that and they're less connected to their cell phones while still appreciating the modern amenities that we have they just go back to their life in a different mindset and what i really take away from the show is it's in this space when they're alone that they kind of learn who they are because they've kind of lost touch with who that inner person is and then when they go back to their families they're able to foster a more healthy relationship they're not as anxious and they're more appreciative of all the blessings that we have that we sometimes don't notice because we kind of checked out because we're going through autopilot every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we came on, you had shared with me some challenges you're partaking in, Bruce, and I think it's beautiful. I think if we all had a couple things that we did intentionally every day to tap back into our more naturalistic kind of lifestyle, whether it's spending time practicing gratitude, journaling, going outside, fishing, or just taking a stroll, something that gets us out of that workplace mindset that will help us show up more available and present when we are working so we're less prone to making some mistakes because we're fatigued or we kind of checked out for the day and we're just clicking the button and we're really not engaged fully. And when you find what works for you because for each one of us it's going to be very different i just encourage you bruce through your experience to just hold that close to heart and invest in that practice whatever it is that you find works for you because once you find that clear vision for yourself that space in your day that's important to you and that you find works for you it's worth more than any any job in my opinion yeah, so so what I'm doing and just to share with the listeners is I've myself and a couple of people I work with we've decided to do a 60 day challenge, um, and it's it's a it's a challenge based on you know mental toughness, and it's going to be geared towards around working out, eating right, um, and then practicing some sort of uh, personal development where, whether it's going to be uh, journaling vision casting, goal setting, um, reading a, oh, and then one of the things is to, to read 10 pages and, or I'm going to be listening to, uh, 20 minutes of an audible and it's just personal growth, right? Challenging ourselves. And it's a 60 day challenge. Many of you may be familiar with 75 hard. This is kind of the same thing, just with a little bit different twist. Um, again, it's 60 days. If you, if you, oh, and no alcohol, that's going to be a, a doozy trust me uh i've already got the shakes <laughs> just kidding um but if you miss a day or you miss something of those items you start back at day one uh we've got a habit tracker in place we've got accountability in place uh and it's just it's it's to install 
some better habits. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, my the diet that I'm following um, is is a plant or is eating a salad every day. Uh, I'm the type that I don't mind salads. Um, they're good. I just I've never been one that say you know what I'm gonna make a salad today. Never cross my never crosses my mind to have like a salad. Um, instead, I'm a meats and potatoes and macaroni and cheese and you know kind of person. So um, knowing that salad is very healthy and it's it's great for your body, that is going to be the diet piece that I am uh, taking up, and uh, it's going to be a challenge. You know, 60 days of salad is sounds like terrible to me, um, to be bluntly <laughs> honest. Oh, <that's> funny. <laughs> um, but uh, there's enough salad recipes out there that I can make it fun. But, um, you know, the workout, the the journaling, and and I had never known how to journal before last week. I mean, I've heard I've heard of the concept, mm. but I've never done it. Um, so actually taking, you know, five, ten minutes and writing down. So, for example, one of them is going to be, it's either, my, my two topics are vision. So I'm going to be writing out what my vision is for myself and my family um, and my business and then and or goal setting or I'm sorry gratefulness I'm doing gratefulness so what am I grateful for well I'm grateful for a lot of things but what are you really like what do we take for granted that other people just struggle with and honestly, one of them is I'm grateful that we have running water, that I live in a, a country that has running water. I'm grateful that we have a roof over our house. I'm grateful for electricity. So taking yourself back and like digging in deep to some of the most basic needs that are often overlooked, right? Um, and it brings yourself to a sense of awareness that it's, it's kind of calming to know that, hey, Things are okay. Things are okay. Um, so it's either my two things are vision or or great or uh, gratitude. But it's going to be a, a fun adventure. We started yesterday. Super pumped up about it. Um, you know, day thirty might not be so excited, <laughs> especially after all those salads. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I, it, that's kind of the journey that I'm embarking on. Uh, but I I challenge anybody else that wants to. Um, do some sort of mental toughness challenge. Um, mm. It doesn't have to be this elaborate. Maybe you just you wake up every day at five o'clock, and that's your challenge. And every you do it for sixty days, and then if you miss a day, you start back at day one. Um, that's actually one of the people on our uh, in our group. He's he's doing that. He's waking up every morning at five, even on the weekends. Um, and it's just he wants. That's one of his goals. Is he wants to be able to get the most out of the day um, and in doing so he found that the mornings are where he can add more time to his day versus on the back end hmm. did you all talk about when you came up with this challenge obviously you have that social component so that's really important for accountability so you're going back to day one if, if you miss one of the challenges mm-hmm. did anybody think about I know it's a mental challenge having an emergency reserve Lots of literature shows that when people are participating in some type of habit challenge um, and they're tracking that information, 
for people that it's really hard to do, and maybe this could be something for our listeners, say you set the goal to get up at five o'clock, research shows that people are more likely to adopt that habit and enjoy it. First of all, you add a little fun factor if you can, so have something fun to do when you get up that morning. Mm -hmm. And then have an emergency reserve. So say if it's a 60-day challenge, maybe you get three emergency reserves where you can still continue on and not necessarily have to go back to day one. I know it's a little complicated, but literally. Yeah, so I don't have one. Um, Will, who's been on this show, um, Will has one. He's actually going to the country of Georgia um, and some of the dietary restri- restrictions there are a little bit different. So he's he's gonna have to change up his diet. Um, and it's a vacation, so he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna be drinking." Um, that's that. Well, that's good. That's yeah, yeah. That yeah. helps. That's helpful. So good. Um, <laughs> I but I I do that. not have a a reserve or a uh, get out of jail free card. There you um, go. <laughs> yes. So I think if we can, um, I'll say a prayer for me as I eat all these salads. <laughs> that's the only part that I think that I'm gonna have a struggle with um <laughs> uh yeah i i it's gonna be fun and and to go back you know and after the 60 days and kind of we do have a a um a review kind of scheduled to where we can all share uh just takeaways like what was what what was really difficult that we didn't think was going to be that hard mm. um what was something that we want to continue to do uh, and then you know just have some fun with it so um, find some accountability partners find some you know if it's just you and you and your spouse Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be good for our listeners Bruce to maybe contemplate start small maybe like a 30-day challenge or something yeah maybe pick one thing that you know is not maybe the best habit that you're participating in and there are easy trackers that you can pull up online or create a little PowerPoint mm-hmm. where you can check off each day. So um, we use we use an app that's literally called Habit, uh, Habit Share. Okay. Um, and you can see each other's habits. Um, you can message with each other. You can Fantastic. create a little group. Uh, so if anybody's interested in in starting this, I, I think you're right, Rhonda. Like we will help be your accountability partner send us an email at worklife 360 podcast at gmail.com and and send us an email with what you're committing to and then we'll add you to our habit tracker um download the app and then we can help hold each other accountable i, I think that it. would be a a great uh where's my phone yeah get your phone. right now <laughs> yep it's called habit share uh i just jotted that down email us and we'll give you our give you our phone number and you can, you know, join us. And, uh, it, it, all this, I don't want to take any credit away from, um, I think his name is Andy Fernelli. It all started off of the, the premise of 75 hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, his is 75 days and it's, it's very strict as to these are the six or seven things that you do. Um, and we just kind of created, uh, our own, in a sense and every and I'll be honest like um, Will and the other guy's name is um, 
Daniel, they, all of ours are not the same. You know, we picked our own that this is what I want to focus on for the next 60 days. Um, so pick your own. So yeah, challenge listeners to, to sign up and maybe we can start uh, shouting out people that are doing great and kind of uh, kind of make it a little interactive on the, the show here. Awesome. That sounds like fun. The fun factor. There we go. Yeah. Now we have all the components. Let's go. There we go. Woo. Team Work Life awesome. 360. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, this this uh, concludes our episode. I think we're I think we're good. We covered a lot, um, you know, all the way back in the beginning, talking about the T chart, talking about COVID a little bit, talked about um, labels and some society labels that people put on each other, uh, and then ended up with a challenge. Um, great stuff. I love it. Anything you want to add, Rhonda? I love it, Bruce. I just want to thank you for our partnership and I was listening to a couple of their first episodes and it's just cool to see how through time and commitment to spending this time together and creating content for our listeners. It's really been a beautiful experience and I feel really grateful and had some anxiety in the beginning and it's gone and I really do look forward to our conversations every week and sharing what's going on in our world and creating some value we hope to help people show up as their best self their healthiest self in their work life so thank you for yeah no problem and Rhonda the the feeling is is mutual there I mean this has been a fun ride uh and it's only episode 27 I mean we've got hundreds and hundreds of episodes ago but uh, listeners, if, if you're out there and you, you've got any good just vibes about our, our show or questions or anything, feel free to reach out to us, but also share it. Um, that's the best compliment that you could give us. Yes. Uh, we do we take time out of our day to, to make sure that we're giving you guys some good content and that it's relatable. And um, the best compliment you can give us is to share it. I, don't, I know you know there's hundreds of podcasts out there. Each one is a little bit different, and we think ours is a little unique. Um, but share it with some friends and some family, and um, that's that's the greatest compliment you can give us. So, uh, with that, this concludes our episode of Work Life 360. Thank you for joining us. You guys, be safe and be well. Have a good one. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumiersswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.